Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we are finishing up our introduction to the gospel series where we've been going through the book of Matthew. And today we are going over Matthew 28, which is the final chapter in the book of Matthew. If you're just joining us, I would encourage you to go back to the beginning of this series and work your way through. It would make more sense to you that way. And I want you to stay tuned because there's lots more to come. But if you are seeking for ways to dive a little bit deeper, there's a couple resources I want to let you know about. On our Patreon, we have family discussion guides. We have a kids show that takes this content and breaks it down into easy to understand concepts for children. We have journaling prompts. We have extra resources. We have ad-free episodes. All of that and more can be found on our Patreon page, which is linked in the show notes. And so I'm reading today from the New American Standard Version of the Bible. And I'll start off at verse one of chapter 28. It says, now after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the tomb. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. The guard shook for fear of him and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Come see the place where he was lying, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy, and ran to report to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Rejoice! And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go, bring word to my brothers to leave for Galilee, and there they will see me. Now while they were on their way, some of the men from the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers and said, You are to say, His disciples came at night and stole him while we were asleep. And if it comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and keep you out of trouble. And they took the money and did as they had been instructed. And this story was widely spread among the Jews and is to this day. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain, which Jesus had designated to them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to follow all that I commanded to you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This passage is such good news, and it's the culmination of everything that we've been studying over the last couple of months. And there's some really special aspects that I want to make sure you don't miss. And if you have read my book, She Hears Learning to Listen to Jesus, perhaps some of this is familiar to you, 
Or if you would like to dive a little bit deeper, we have that as a resource. You can find that at shehears.org. But I want to talk for a minute about the women. You know, we've seen this special relationship that Jesus had with women unfold throughout the last couple of months, throughout these passages that we've been studying. But specifically, it's talking about Mary Magdalene and the other Mary that went to the tomb. And the women were the ones that courageously witnessed the crucifixion the day before. And of course, now that it's time for dealing with a body, they are the ones that came back and they purchased the materials needed to continue preparing Jesus's body. And so it was sunrise and they intended to visit his tomb. Now, typically in the Jewish culture, there is sometimes a hesitation for people that are not of the family to go to a tomb. But in the case of an execution like this, it would have been a little bit different. One of the Jewish beliefs at the time was that the spirit of the body hovered around the body for about three days. And so for the first three days, it would be only family that was there to just make sure that that individual was in fact dead. But in the case of something as severe as a crucifixion, the government made sure that he was really dead. And so that wasn't necessarily the case with crucifixion. So they were able to go immediately right afterwards that next day to go and deal with the body. And so we see Mary Magdalene and I unpack, we'd have a whole week where we unpack Mary Magdalene in my Bible study she hears because she's such a significant figure in the life of Jesus. But she takes a prominent role here, even in Matthew's gospel. But there's also some other women with her. And if you look at the four Gospels and you take the full account of what happened in this scene, we know that there was multiple women. If you compare the Gospel accounts, we see that Mary Magdalene was there. We see the other Mary, who was the mother of James and Joseph. We see Salome, who was the mother of James and John, known as the sons of Zebedee, and Jesus's mother, Mary. We also see Johanna, which is the wife of Chusa and Susanna. And there was actually several other unnamed women there. So there really was this group of women that came to take care of Jesus. And it's interesting because we know that everything Jesus does is intentional. And the fact that women were chosen as the first witnesses, it's highly significant because in both the Jewish culture and even Roman law, they severely minimized the value of the witness of a woman. In fact, They could not even testify in any kind of legal proceedings or a crime or anything like that because they were seen as not having a credible witness or a credible testimony. And so it's interesting because we know this whole time that Jesus is countercultural and he goes against the grain and the way that he runs his life and his ministry and includes women is very opposite of what they expected in that culture. And it's actually a layer of credibility to this story because First of all, the and, and that culture, they would not have invented the fact that Jesus appeared to women. And later, the church would not have invented that because, as we see, sometimes even up until now, the testimony of women is not always the one that is counted as the most prominent. And so it's a layer of credibility to the story that it was the testimony that was given to the women in the first place. And so we know that Sabbath ended at sundown on Saturday evening, and the women are on their way to the tomb early in the morning, just basically when there's enough light for them to see. 
And what they find is an angel. And typically angels were feared, I mean, terrified in that culture. And a lot of times they would be referred to as being made of fire. And so when it says that it was like lightning, I mean, that's consistent with what we know from other parts of scripture, but they likely were terrified. That's why the angel said, don't be afraid. And then we see this final account of them trying to explain away what happened. And it's interesting because Matthew, as he's unpacking this, he talks about how they never tried to deny the the fact of the resurrection. They just try to explain it. And so there's these explanations given, but it's not that they denied that it happened, which again, I think leads to some credibility that this story really was true. And we know this, these are some of the last words that Jesus said before the transfiguration, before he went up to heaven. And I have to think that those words were pretty important because if you think even just from a human perspective, if you are maybe a mom and you are going on a trip and you're leaving your family, even if it's just for a week or two, what do you say to them before you leave? I love you. Make good choices. Whatever it is, you're saying something that's pretty important to him. The things that were on his heart were important to him. He's getting ready to leave. And what's he tell them? He wants them to make disciples. Now, there's a couple of things I want us to pay attention to. There's really basically three parts to making disciples that he's assuming that they are understanding. First, he's talking about making disciples of all nations. Well, that refers to both the Gentiles and to the Jews. It's not just a Jewish thing. He wants this message to go out to the whole world. And, you know, one of the things that I think is important to remember is that he's calling them to make disciples, not just converts. And I think that's something that we often misunderstand within the church, especially churches that are doing heavy evangelistic programming, but then they forget about the discipleship aspect. He doesn't call us to make converts. He calls us to make disciples. And so the discipleship aspect, teaching them what this Bible actually says and helping them understand it and become fully devoted followers of Christ, that's part of this great commission is what this this phrase, these couple sentences that Jesus is saying, it's often referred to as the great commission. It's not just about making converts. It's about making disciples. And then he talks about baptizing them. Why? Well, baptism was seen as an act of conversion. It was used when Gentiles were then converting into Judaism. It was a public declaration of their faith. It's interesting, too, because this is the first time where we see the reference to the Trinity, because he inserts his name or a reference to him as the Son. He says, baptism in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Typically, they wouldn't baptize anybody in the name of somebody else. So when he's saying baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's this first reference to the Trinity. And then lastly, he refers to teaching them his commandments, because like I said, it's not just about making converts. We don't want people that have just prayed a prayer and then that's it. We want them to come into this full relationship with Jesus. It's about understanding who he is. So given all that insight, I'm going to go back and reread starting at verse one of Matthew 28. Now, after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the tomb and behold, a severe earthquake had occurred for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. The guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Come see the place where he is lying, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, 
and behold, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to report to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Rejoice. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go, bring word to my brothers to leave for Galilee, and there they will see me. Now while they were on their way, some of the men from the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all that had happened. And when they had assembled the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers and said, You are to say, His disciples came at night and stole him while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and keep you out of trouble. And they took the money and did as they had been instructed. And this story was widely spread among the Jews and is to this day. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated to them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the incredible story of the resurrection and the power it holds for our lives, for the ability it gives us to be reconciled to you, that we could have the ability, even despite this fallen world we live in, we could have the ability to be in communion, in relationship with you. God, I pray that as we lean into this last chapter, we would recognize the special role that you gave women in this story. God, help us to recognize the special role you've given us, that even as we are looking for ways to serve you and to fulfill this great commission that you've given us to go and tell the world about you. God, I pray that even right now, you would just drop a word in the hearts of my friends that are listening, that they would understand the impact and the calling that you have on their lives. God, I thank you that you value the words and the testimony of women. I pray that you would give women everywhere the boldness to declare this message, this life-changing message of the resurrection. God, I thank you for the opportunity to study this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, tomorrow we have another special episode for you that talks about what it means for women to carry out this great commission in their own lives. And so I pray that you'll join me. And then also, one of the things that we have been doing together as an organization is we've been working with Compassion International to get children sponsored before the end of the year. Our goal is to get 30 children sponsored by the end of the year because part of that sponsorship is giving them the gospel. It helps feed them and clothe them and give them schooling. But most importantly, it gives them the hope that they can live a life that's different because of Jesus. It helps them to understand that they are known, they are loved, and they are protected. So if you haven't already, I would encourage you to just pray about what it might mean for you to join us in that mission to get 30 children sponsored by the end of the year. You can head to compassion.com forward slash hearing Jesus to learn more. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, 
I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. 